Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm your co-host, Yaw Borchi, dietetic student and couples weight loss specialist. As your guest host, I'm interviewing dietitian bosses and sharing their amazing stories to inspire you to take action and create a six-figure income using social media marketing. All right, today on the show, we have Jacqueline Gomes, RDN, registered dietitian nutritionist, who helps moms lose weight with a calorie-controlled approach. Her all-foods-fit mantra helps women establish a non-restrictive, sustainable, healthy relationship with food. She enjoys working with moms because as a mom herself, she understands firsthand the pressure that is put upon them to run a household and care for children. That pressure can be further compounded by a job outside of the home. Many women are confused about nutrition because they are inundated with misinformation through the internet and social media. Jacqueline clarifies the misinformation and provides facts and tools that will help empower women to lose weight safely while having fun. Jacqueline also operates a kickboxing studio where she integrates her passion for fitness, and she actually originally started her weight loss practice there. She is married and has two amazing boys, ages three and five. You can find Jacqueline on Instagram at busy.momweightloss. Welcome, Jacqueline. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I would love the listeners to know a little bit more about your journey. So can you share your journey and how it's helped you create the business that you have now on Instagram? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you again for having me. I'm so super excited to be part of the podcast after listening for so long. It's nice to be a guest. So yes, I started my clinical world 16 years ago. So I've been a dietitian for some time now. And I lasted as an ICU inpatient dietitian for one year. (laughs) So I didn't do my two year typical that, you know, we try to stay in, but I did sort of stay in that world. I quickly transitioned to an outpatient in year two. And by year three, I realized it just really wasn't my passion. And so I became a pharmaceutical sales rep for Novartis Nutrition. And I always had sort of that uh, business-oriented mindset. It's, I, I knew I wanted to do something in business, you know, of course, related to nutrition. Just wasn't quite sure what that was going to look like. And I knew that clinical wasn't my dream. So every step I took, you know, was trying to get uh, further clear clarity about what I wanted to do. So I started a side hustle in private practice and simultaneously actually landed a dream job as a corporate uh, supermarket dietitian for Pathmark stores. So this was for a New York, New Jersey based supermarket chain. And I absolutely love my job because it coordinated everything that for me personally, I wanted to do as a dietitian. I was able to do media. I was able to do writing. I was able to, um, you know, talk to customers one on one in the store, and also had that business element. So it truly fit all of the criteria that I wanted to do, you know, as from a career perspective. So I'm still in the industry actually up until today. Just never really left. But throughout those years, you know, because now we're going. You know, I guess this is like 13 years ago. So it's been some time and. Through that progress, through that process, that company changed over several times. And really a pivotal point of my career, which I think a lot of clinical dietitians will respect or identify with, is that seven years into that particular position, you know, I had a tremendous amount of experience. It was also a newer type of environment for a dietitian to be in. So I had a quite a significant workload, my responsibilities. I mean, I was I was the only dietitian for this very, very large company at the time. And unfortunately, my compensation didn't match my role. And so that was the breaking point for me. And so 
at one point, you know, I had asked for what I thought was a appropriate raise and I was denied that. And I said, you know, I'm all done here. <laughs> so, you know, it just kind of really resonated with me at the time because I knew that I, I had so much more to offer, but, you know, ultimately your compensation has to match that. So that's actually when I started my kickboxing studio and, you know, was able to combine my passion for fitness and nutrition all under one roof. And I was my own boss. So I really loved it, still love it today. And I always said in the fitness world, it's like you never really go to work, you know, you're just basically working out for a living. So it's great. And I just love it until today. So what happened for me personally is that, you know, unfortunately, circumstances that we can't control in for many of us, we experienced this big change after COVID. And that's what happened to me. So Naturally, my gym closed as a result. And I, you know, those are circumstances that you can't control. There's nothing I could do to change that. So, but I could change my response, right? So, what I did was um, after following Libby for some time, I said, Oh my gosh, what a perfect opportunity to take my weight loss practice under that it was a brick and mortar and now bring it to a virtual setting. So, that's what I did. And that's what led me here today. Oh, wow. I love the way that this all tied together. I know a lot of <laughs> listeners can definitely relate, especially to being overworked and underpaid, even though you had 13 plus years of experience going to work into that corporate sector mm-hmm. and seeing the value of being able to pivot. There's a value in pivoting. And mm-hmm. the fact that you recognize that you can't control that situation, but you can control your response And I think a lot of people could resonate with that response. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. So now that the listeners have gotten a little bit to know about where you're at right now, can you share a little bit more about your weight loss philosophy as it relates to busy moms? For sure. So my one thing that or mantra that I always say is that all foods fit. And what that means to me in my practice is no matter what your fitness goals are, no matter where you are in your weight loss journey or what your goals are, meaning maybe you want to lose something as as simple as five pounds, 10 pounds, or something much more significant than that, you can always find a way to enjoy your favorite foods while still pursuing those health and wellness goals. I love that. I also come from that same school yeah. of thought. Mm-hmm. I guess we got our diplomas from the same school. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. So with that philosophy, I know you've probably garnered a lot of attention and a lot of interest in your business. Mm-hmm. So how is everything that relates to your all foods fit philosophy connect to your business philosophy? Well, in my business, I guess my business philosophy is really to have or create a very non-judgmental and supportive environment that's results-driven. Ultimately, that's why you come to me, right? You're looking for results. I think my approach being very supportive and non-judgmental just helps people feel comfortable with me. I put my clients first. You know, if they're not successful, neither am I. So whatever they need for me, I really do try to extend myself as much as I can to give them what they need. That's a great philosophy, especially when it comes to 
these times that we're in, judgment is one of the things that often keeps people back. So to be non-judgmental and of course deliver a result, that's what people are looking for. Excellent things. Yeah. So now that you've gotten more set in your program online, how long are you into your program right now? How far have you? So I'm probably a little over three months. So maybe four, almost four months now. All right. So what have been some of the things that you've done in terms of approaching your goals in your business early on? Yes. So I started from ground zero and in my introduction, you know, basically said that, right. I basically woke up one day and was like, I'm going to do a virtual practice. So the way that I structured my goals was first, I needed to get my Instagram under control, right? So I had Plenty of gorgeous pictures of food, my recipes, uh, my kids that I feel are also gorgeous, you know, and all things that were really nice to look at, but ultimately were not going to drive sales. No one was going to, you know, send me a message and say, hey, I saw this great picture of, you know, a sandwich. What can you do for me for weight loss? So I had to figure out a way to, you know, to pivot, like you said. So that's where I started thinking about logical steps. What's the next step? So my group coaching with Libby, of course, catapulted me into a whole other world because I was able to identify who I was speaking to, create content that would speak to that that person. And I really like impact at a grand level. So if I'm going to create a message, because I've always come from this world, right? So if I'm going to create a message, I want to have the most impact. And so this type of work is really very logical and resonates with me because I'm able to do that. I do that with my gym, right? We have a, it's a class studio format. We have one person teaching, whole bunch benefit. Same thing with when I was, you know, in the supermarket. So it, it just makes sense to me that any dietitian that would want to serve and help people achieve their goals would want their message to be hitting as many people as possible. So maximize impact with the fewest resources. Wow. I absolutely, absolutely love that. Yeah. Your business acumen definitely comes out in that response. <laughs> like one employee, 30 people, like yes. that's amazing that you're serving. And I think a lot of dietitians can take that away. You spend so many years in school. Why wouldn't you want to make the biggest impact mm-hmm. on a grand level? As you said, I love that you put it there, not just an impact, but on a grand level. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's something you can do in an online space, especially since you've mastered Instagram, which has so many people logging on hourly. It only makes sense that that's the platform that would help you reach that grand level of impact. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So what ultimately allowed you to get clear on your ideal client? I heard you say that you were able to seemingly not only get clear, but also create content for that person. So what can you share a little bit about that process of getting clear on your ideal client? Yes. So initially I always knew that I wanted to do weight loss coaching. So that was a step in the right direction because I already knew the group that I wanted to speak to. What I needed to get clear on is who within that very broad arena was my person. So I'm a mom and I know that there are lots of people who are overworked and have no time, just like me, who have health-related goals. I have them myself. I'm a person. So I felt really good about helping people who have a similar lifestyle as I do. I'm a working mom. I have maybe I, you know, I have my own business. Um, even if you don't, you're still, you know, you're still quite busy, no matter how you slice it. 
even moms who don't have a job outside the home, I think one thing that we've all learned in quarantine is that running a household is equally as taxing and difficult as anybody else who has you know, any other job outside the home. So it's the same thing. It's just a different work environment. So I love serving this group. They need the support. They know that you know, there's someone out there who identifies with them. So that's how I ended up finding my niche. And I'm still so happy that I found that that's the group that I want to work with. Very cool. So essentially, you took yourself as your own case study. And I love that you recognize that weight loss is a broad arena, as you said. A lot of people say they want to help people lose weight. Well, there's a lot. Are you talking about athletes? Are you talking about someone who's a mom at home? Are you talking about someone who's preparing to skydive or prepare for a board (laughs) exam? That's a very broad arena. So I love that you mentioned the importance of being really, really hyper specific. And that you looked at some of the key characteristics to put into your messaging, such as being overworked and being a mom, because Mm -hmm. those are the things that resonate with you. And you saw those to be the things that would resonate with your audience. Very, very clear information. It's important to have that. Yeah. You have to be clear, like razor blade, like super clear. Awesome. And would you say that a lot changed once you became more clear? You talked about posting pictures of your Mm -hmm. kids and pretty sandwiches. So what was the initial reaction when you started shifting your messaging on Instagram? Yeah, that's a great question. I got to tell you at first, right away, almost nothing. So, you know, I went from doing the food and and all that. And at first it was kind of like very slow. What changed for me, and this is going to be different for everybody, Actually, what changed for me first was my following. So I had huge drop-offs and then huge increases. And I think that now knowing what I know, it's because you're losing the people that don't have an interest in your content, which is fine. That's not your ideal client. And you're gaining those people that are interested in what you have to say and do feel like you might be able to help them. So don't freak out at, you know, because at first I did, I was like, oh my gosh, why are all these people unfollowing me? I mean, you don't want people following you that are not going to eventually learn something from you or buy from you or whatever it is. So that's okay. Anyhow, I realized that as I became more clear with my message and I was getting more specific, offering more specific information that had viable outcomes, you know, actually had solutions for people, that's when it really changed for me. And it was like, boom, all of a sudden people were asking questions. Hey, you know, I see what you're doing. You're doing something different. Here's my problem. Can you help me? Then, you know, more recently now I'm getting much more traction with discovery calls and it's like, it's just going from like zero to 60 in like 10 seconds. (laughs) So it's definitely true that once you get much more clear with your message, you really are speaking to your ideal client. That's when things start getting faster. I really appreciate your genuine honesty because oftentimes a lot of people do want to rush into entrepreneurship. And for some people, they could take the express train and for other people, it might be 50 stops, but guess what? You're going to get to clients at some point, right? So I I love your emphasis of patience and not freaking out. And you recognize that you were essentially losing people who weren't ultimately going to spend money with you, which ultimately that's what you're here for is to make money. So that's a good thing for you. And for those listening, as she said, it's really important to have a crystal clear message and provide a viable solution because that's going to lead to more sales calls, as you mentioned. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And then since you've gotten more clear, obviously there is an offer that you're talking to your clients about when you get on these calls. So with respect to your offer, what would you say has been the biggest challenge since going online? And then what would you say has been surprisingly easier than you expected? Yeah. So initially my biggest challenge was, so I was going too hard, too fast. And it was because I was excited and, you know, you want, you want certain things. So originally I had went out, I went out with a 12 week package and one-on-one and it really wasn't working for me. And then I said to myself, well, let me take a step back and really think about what I want to do. I really want to do group coaching. That's kind of was my initial thought when I started doing this anyway. I know it's not the natural progression, but I actually just ripped the Band-Aid off one day and said, I'm doing this. So here I go. So boom, I decided to do a six-week program. And this is where I answer the question of what was easier than expected. To my surprise, I did well. I got three people on my first go-around, which is considered a group. So they all did very, very, very well. They're finishing up this week. And it was the most fun part of my work week. And I know for sure now that that's all I want to do is group coaching. And so initially, I think the biggest challenge was really understanding really what my people needed and wanted. Maybe they don't want to sit on the phone with me one-on-one for 12 weeks. That's okay. Maybe a group setting is, is better for them. They feel more supported. They have more accountability. There's more to offer in a group program. And so that has been really great for me. And I'm already filling up my next group. So I'm super excited. Oh, this is incredible to hear. I know a lot of people are often overwhelmed with this idea of the right way or the correct way, I should say, of doing things. And I think it's really helpful to hear that there isn't a perfect way. You even said you thought it was going to be that 12-week one-on-one, and then you ripped the Band-Aid and saw that group coaching was exactly what your audience wanted, Mm -hmm. and that is what they needed at this moment. And obviously, it's working for you. You already had your first group filled, which is incredible information for those out there to hear because sometimes people think... It needs to be massive, like you need 12 people, you need to have a 12-week group, but really it's just listening to what they have to say and then taking those clients in that reach out and giving them amazing results. A hundred percent. I've learned so much from them. And one of our group coaches, one of Libby's group coaches, she said to me, two people is a group. I was like, oh my God, you're so right. (laughs) So that gave me even more confidence and I, I really love it. It's great. That's incredible to hear. And I hope those listening are inspired by your story. Mm -hmm. So with people coming more online, obviously someone like yourself who's been in person, has been in the business world, oftentimes going online can be really intimidating and scary for some. So could you kind of give some insights if I don't know if this was you or not, but what was your biggest struggle of getting clients online, like getting on there and finally saying, I'm selling something and not just showing you my kids? Yeah. I think the biggest struggle initially was I was attracting people that wanted weight loss, but they weren't my ideal client. And this is where I had to get more clear with my messaging. So these are, as a dietitian, you'll understand what I'm about to tell you. I attracted people that wanted to lose weight with PCOS, overweight pregnancy, binging disorders. These are all things I have the knowledge and tools to address, but they're not my ideal client. And so I didn't feel that it would make uh, sense and or and or be appropriate to mix all of these different 
conditions in one group. It, it just, it doesn't work. So I had to say to myself, okay, I could take these clients, but then, you know, I'm not really doing what I want to do. And so sometimes you have to say no and really push forward with truly what you want. And what I wanted was to work with moms who want to lose weight. So I clarified my message. I got more clear. And guess what? I'm back on the right track. And now I'm getting many more people who want, you know, want to fill that niche that is, you know, the person that I'm addressing. I absolutely love that. And actually early on in our conversation, you said that it's important that things don't feel like work. And what I'm hearing is because you were attracting so many people that weren't truly who you wanted to work with, it wasn't going to really fulfill you and give you that feeling of reaching people on a higher level, but getting more specific brings you joy, happiness, and obviously it allows you to really truly work with people that you want because that's the whole point of entrepreneurship. It's after so all. true and so important. You have to feel good about your clients. You have to be excited about working with them and you have to be an expert in your craft. And we all know from working in the hospital or maybe in outpatient settings, it's really difficult to be an expert in six different nutrition related conditions. It just is. So this just feels right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And could you give us like two tips for how you use Instagram to market and sell? Mm-hmm. If it's something that's in your, your graphics or your caption, can you just give the listeners some kind of keys to how to open the door to Instagram sales? Sure. So of course you have to have a post that addresses your client's pain point, you know, what their issue is, and of course have a solution with that for them. And in my caption, I always have a call to action. So after I've talked about what the topic is, you know, at the end, I always say, Hey, book a free discovery call with me. We can talk about what's you're struggling with. And you always want to make sure that you tell your reader where they can go for more. So always have that. You can't always have the impression or the, you can't mistake that people are just going to know what the next step is. You have to tell them they, we don't know, right? It's just the nature of of what uh, Instagram is. There's lots of things that go on there that are just for show, just, you know, visually appealing. But if you want to create a business out of it, you have to give them a direction. You know, what's the next step? Awesome. Yeah, that tidbit at the end is spot on. You can't just assume that people know the next logical step. Mm -hmm. And you pretty much have to guide them to that link in bio or whatever your direct call to action. Maybe it's a DM. So you can actually make those sales, which is very, very key to this whole business. So once you've gotten these clients from Instagram, you've nailed their pain point, you've talked about solutions, you've, you've gotten a convincing call to action, and they finally are on the phone with you. Can you share how that process is, like how your sales process goes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are unsure about getting on the phone and they get really nervous. So maybe you have some advice from a perspective of what it was like being a beginner too, mm-hmm. which could be helpful. Sure. Well, I think it helps. And, and you're talking about once I get them on the phone, right? Correct. Oh, yes. I think it helps that I have a pretty heavy sales background. So I enjoy being on the phone. I wouldn't say this is like, I mean, you are selling something, but I don't think that I come across salesy and I don't think anybody wants to, but the whole process of a sales call ultimately is to sell something. I happen to enjoy that. So if you don't, you have to get a lot of practice under your belt. 
get a friend, a fake person, just someone who's willing, no, seriously, just someone who's willing to talk to you on the phone so you can run through your script. So I always start off with explaining, you know, what the call is about. You always want to have some kind of agenda. And I, I try to just let my potential client talk, just let them talk. You're really not the star of the show in that, in that sales call. The star of the show is your potential client. You need to just let them talk, tell them what's going on with you or with them. And ultimately, you're just there to ask questions. So if you think about it that way, if you're new to this and your role is, okay, I just have to set an agenda, ask questions, let them talk. I mean, that's pretty easy. The hardest part is talking about what you have to offer, right? What's your offer at the end? And ultimately, they wouldn't be on the phone with you if they didn't have some level of interest. So just keep that in the back of your head and just be confident and just move forward with it. That's, that's, I think the best thing that you can do. Very, very, very sound advice. I love the tidbit of make sure you get a lot of practice, even if it's with a a random person and having some structure and organization, whether that's a script or an outline, something to guide the call and letting them be the star of the call. I think a lot of people can take this and run with it if they've been struggling. So I appreciate you sharing those really powerful insights, Jacqueline. Thanks. (laughs) And then now that we're on the topic of converting and getting clients, do you mind sharing with the listeners how many sales you've made, and if you can translate those sales into revenue. So it's the beginning of August. So to date, I've had about eight clients, eight or nine, I think. And the only reason I'm hesitating is because I, I had someone today that I think signed up, but I've been so busy. So, um, so about eight or nine clients, mostly in the group. I had one person that was uh, one-off, just a one-on-one consultation. So that has been really, really well. Uh, I also did, I didn't mention it, but I did a very small challenge, like a 21-day challenge, just to kind of test it out. I don't, I don't think it works well for my potential clients that, you know, my ideal client, uh, but it did do really well. I did get quite a few, I got 14 people in it and it, it did went, go well, but I don't think it's the right fit. So the point I'm trying to make is it's out there. There are people out there who want to work with you. You know, you just have to, you just have to buckle down and, you know, get started, but they're definitely out there. Yeah. I love that you were able to kind of trial and error different things one-on-one, 21 day mm-hmm. challenge, the 12 week, and then ultimately landing on the group. So in terms of revenue, how much have you made since going online? So since starting, I had the one group and the one one-on-one person. And with these two, with the group and then the one client, I've made around 1500 to 2000 I've had other people sign up since then. So I'm probably closer to the you know 2000 mark right now. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And if you could like walk us through this money-making process because obviously the content has to sell. It sells you. It it gets people on the calls. So what's your process for creating this content? Mm -hmm. So I love this process. I love creating the artwork and that is, I think, what I enjoy the most. So the process is I definitely keep notes in my phone because we have so many thoughts coming into our heads throughout the day that it's the easiest place for me to house ideas 
And even if I find like a picture that I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I can get some ideas from this. You know, I'll save it to my camera roll. And then my next step is when I'm actually ready to sit down and start, I do batch content writing. So I sit down and I create a bunch of posts at the same time. And what I mean by a bunch is like three or four, five, maybe, usually for the week. Then I look at my insights. I identify what did the best in terms of reach and web clicks. And then from there, I try to rework messages that are doing well and create my post from my artwork, the the actual post itself. That, That comes first. So I do all my artwork, which I really, really love doing. And then I write my captions at last because that I feel like is a little bit more, take requires a little bit more thought. And then in terms of like photos that I use of myself in my posts, I usually will take photos of myself maybe like once a month, even less. I got to tell you, you could really repurpose your photos for a long time before you need to redo them. I personally find this really tedious (laughs) and I think most people are not like a fan of it. So you don't have to do, you know, an expensive, fancy camera shoot. You could, if you have the, the resources, go for it, but it's not necessary. You can use your phone and go with that. Yeah, that is something that I think a lot of people just assume that you have to be a skilled photographer, skilled with Photoshop, and thinking you got to do 100 million wardrobe changes when you could wear the same top for about three months before you like might do a refresh. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing your process of just kind of absorbing the world around you and just being an active note taker, saving photos, and then looking at that when you're sitting down to batch content. I think that's something that people just don't think about that. Yeah. If you just walk out and live life, you could probably come out with like 10 content pieces. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Awesome. What would you say are like the two things that really helped you master this amazing content creation process that you've come up for yourself? Well, for one, the ability to put posts together that create a solution for my ideal client I have to say was learned through Libby's group coaching program. I quite honestly don't think I would have realized how to create that impact. Even coming from being a nutrition writer, it's this is much different. This is so much different. And I think that that has been the number one thing that has helped me to create content that speaks to my ideal client and really hits on their pain points. That's really helpful. I think a lot of us, especially when you go through schooling, like how many peer-reviewed journals have you had to read? How many times did you have to write a paper? You being in the corporate sector, how many times did you have to do a write-up on nutrition? You're probably thinking, I've done this. I can do Instagram. It is not the same. Not so. (laughs) It is not. And what I love is that you said it's not about creating content. It's about creating content that drives impact. Right. Boom. Yeah. Take it. Go play the lottery. She just gave yes. you guys the golden ticket. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so with all of these big goals that you have for yourself to really serve people on a higher level, how do you really stay realistic and committed to what you're able to do, knowing that you only have eight hours in a day being a busy mom yourself? Right. Well, staying committed has never been an issue for me. I'm an extremely committed person by nature. What's hard for me is staying realistic with what I can and cannot accomplish in the amount of hours that I have. 
So we all have the same amount of hours. It's our business, how we manage them. And one of the things that I've done to better assist with this is blocking out time and actually creating a schedule for myself so that I have, so that I'm doing certain activities at certain times. So for example, Mondays, I know I'm creating posts. That's what I'm doing between 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. This is what I'm doing. If I'm done early, super. I get, get to move on to the next thing, you know, a little bit earlier. So I think until you get a handle on what you're supposed to be doing at any given time, because we have so many distractions. I work from home now, right? I have two kids. I could be making dinner. I could be doing laundry. There are 10 other things I could be doing. If I don't sit down and say, this is what I'm doing from this time to that time, it's not going to get done. So I would say if you're struggling with that, put the phone down, literally. Stop checking Instagram. You, you have to assign a, a time for that too, right? For me, it's at the end of the day. I'll get back to DMs and respond to people and engage and do all that. So you have to prioritize and think about what needs to get done by what time and then move on to the next task once that's completed. That's really helpful advice. I think a lot of people within the dietetics field are, we get this label A-type, perfectionist, consistency. I love that you mentioned that. A lot of people think it's about being consistent, but really the problem could be just being realistic about how you're managing your time and how are you really setting yourself up to succeed and reach your money goals that you have for yourself. So thank you so much for offering that tip of time blocking and really getting a handle on your schedule and truly being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. If you have a way of like systemizing anything that you're doing, so you're more on target to reach your goals. So I know a lot of listeners could definitely benefit from that. So with your growth, Mm -hmm. with your business, comes investments typically, and it could be an investment of your time and other things, sacrifices even can be an investment towards your bigger goal. What would you say has been the best investment you have used to grow in your business? So the best investment to date has been Libby's program because without her program, I wouldn't have known how to start. And quite honestly, I think by now I would have, I would have given up because I just don't know, knowing what I know now, I'm just not sure that I would have been able to come up with this on my own, quite honestly. And just like any business, you need a plan and a strategy to get going. If you don't have a well-defined plan and a strategy that's going to get you closer to your ultimate goal, then you're really just throwing spaghetti against the wall and trying to figure out what's working. And I don't really operate that way. I want to know how to do something. I just want to know how to do it, you know? And if there's someone out there that can tell me how to do it, all right, then I'm, I'm all ears, right? So that has been, I think, tremendous for me. And then there's lots of little other things that have helped me. For example, like client management software, which has been good investment for me. And, you know, just understanding that there are lots of tools out there that can really help you streamline your business and make things more efficient and easier on you. Super helpful because how many of us, I mean, maybe when we were five has have tried to throw spaghetti on the wall and now we're doing it as adults. Right. Yeah. Silly, right. 
But I like the idea of just getting help. So instead of just throwing it, hoping it sticks, you actually have a system that allows the spaghetti, the proverbial spaghetti being your business. Yeah. Stick to the wall and be successful. I I love that analogy. That's something I think a lot of people can recognize as being helpful. And the other added thing that most people may not think about, like what technology exists in making your life easier, whether it's a CRM, client relation management system, or looking at other tools that are out there to help you systemize everything. So great tips there. And for people who are listening to this, they're like, man, Jacqueline, you sound like you got it all together. They're probably feeling really stressed about getting started. They're like, she sounds so confident. She's the confident type. She's got this. (laughs) But there's people who don't understand regardless of that. It's nervous from all fronts, no matter if you're the confident front or the one who's just really nervous and unsure of themselves. So what are two action steps you'd give those listeners out there that are like, I'm on the fence of making this my thing? So you have to just take the the first step. Please understand that I knew nothing about Instagram. I had just a basic account that I would just post random photos to. I knew nothing about growing a business from this platform. I promise you. But you have to just take the first step and put yourself out there. If you don't have an account, just sign up for one today. It costs you nothing. Start putting things up there that resonate with you that you feel like could help somebody. Quotes, uh, recipes, just something. You just, just start with something. As you get more clear on what aligns with your purpose and who you want to speak to, that content will start to take on a life of its own. So the first thing I would say is, Just take the first step, get yourself an IG account if you don't already have one, step one. Step two, start posting something that can help somebody else. And hopefully that somebody else is your ideal client, someone that you want to work with, someone you want to help and share your purpose with. Oh, that is very, very helpful. It's not even about you, which is really important advice. Yes. Getting on and sharing the very things that can help someone, providing that solution that Mm -hmm. we've talked about numerous times throughout this interview. So just get an account. If you're listening and you don't have IG, listen to what Jacqueline says. Just Mm -hmm. sign up. It's free and start posting something that can solve someone's problem. Exactly. So with all of this comes now the the question of charging and making money because now you've created this content they've signed up they took your advice mm-hmm. now people want to buy from them buy from you buy from me mm-hmm. but oftentimes the biggest issue is getting to the money how yes. much will you actually garner from this sale and mm-hmm. a lot of what really works is charging more and people are often scared about that mm-hmm. so what have been some of your biggest fears around charging more money as an entrepreneur and can you share those with the those listening yeah yes yeah. so right away my biggest fear was that I'll turn people away with this pricing like i mean you're talking to somebody who has a business like this this is completely irrational So, but I had the feeling and after my first group, I said, okay, I got to increase just a little bit, just a tiny bit. I just need to get to the next step. It took a lot out of me, but I did it. And no one yelled at me. Imagine that. Right. So no one got crazy. People signed up, you know, my program is still over a week away and I've got four people already in my next group. So it's okay. Just go for it. 
And if you realize you've overextended yourself, okay, just scale back. But like you at least need to try because if you already have like a thriving practice going, you've had a number of clients and maybe your calendar is completely booked, you need to have another level to start to start going to. Don't be afraid. Just go for it. That's incredible. I think the just try sounds so simple. I know. Words, <laughs> but you have to just act on it. And I love that that's your best piece of advice for people who are nervous about charging more. And I love, 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 love that you said that you have to get yourself to another level. Why settle for the level that you're at? Why not shoot for another level, create another level? Mm-hmm. That is really helpful advice for people who really want to thrive and reach the money that will make them and their family be very comfortable. So thanks for those words of wisdom. And when it comes to sharing that number on the call, you kind of mentioned you were nervous, even though you yourself have been in business, you're a seasoned salesperson, but you yourself have even noticed the difficulty and nervousness that develops when on calls. So could you share some tips for when you're offering that price on a call, like what are some things that have helped you be more confident and just saying that number? So I always go through my program and, you know, what, what it offers and how it's going to solve that person's problem, right? Ultimately they want to know, Hey, Jacqueline, how are you going to help me lose weight? That's the question. So I review that I hit on their pain points and say, these are the things that told me you were struggling with. This is what you're, is holding you back. This is how my program will address those scenarios, those issues. And this is the investment for helping you to get closer to your goals. And that's how I structure it. And I try not to harp on it too much. I like to talk. So <laughs> I, if I don't stop myself, I'll just keep going like over and over and over. You have to just kind of say it and just stop. Like that's what it is. And offer, you know, do you have any questions? Like, you know, how else can I support you? And and just kind of leave it at that. I love that. Though You guys can't see us because we're on this Zoom, but you're listening to the yeah. audio. But I was laughing as she was saying it only because a lot of us can definitely stumble over our words. Yeah. We're like, oh, we're saying this number and we go on for like a monologue or yeah. a discussion when you, like you said, say the price with confidence, remind them why, why they're doing this and stop talking. Exactly. Love it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to stop yourself from talking. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it is. Perfect. So you've definitely given the listeners who are new to this some good pieces of advice, which is really helpful. Is there another like little nugget that you'd like to share with someone who's starting out there mm-hmm. who could really benefit from just one little nugget from you before we get closer to the end of the call? Yes. You know, I wish I had started sooner. So I would say go for it. If you're thinking about it, there's nothing to lose with this format and everything to gain. Having your own business will be both the hardest but most gratifying thing you'll ever do in your life. So just take the first step. I love that. Just try, just go for it. Jacqueline for president. I can see slogans on (laughs) t-shirts. I love it. So what's next for you and your amazing business? Do you mind sharing that with the listeners? Yeah, I'm going to be just working on nailing down my group coaching programs, perfecting my process, and I would love to get multiple groups going at the same time. That sounds like an amazing plan to me. I think that's awesome. Just being able to nail down 
the process, that's really helpful because you get to refine every time you do it. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get to the point where you have multiple running at the same time. How exciting. Definitely. Awesome, Jacqueline. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Can you remind the listeners where they can find you on Instagram? Yes. Thank you so much again. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at busy.mom.weightloss. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.